Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Pink Ears by Murray Leinster. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. Pink Ears by Murray Linster. 1. The Stratford is a hotel for men only, and has the air of quiet seclusion that usually is associated with a conservative club. The lobby is small and far from ornate. The smoking-room is large and comfortable. The dining-room is low-ceilinged and quaint, a place where one can smoke comfortably. And the kitchen produces viads that are worthy of a special trip to taste. Altogether, the Stratford is a place for those who want comfort, quiet, and the best of everything. James Craig from his air of well-being, had enjoyed it to the full. An hour before he had arisen from his table with that sensation of internal comfort that can come only from a well-ordered and well-cooked meal. He had chosen a cigar with discrimination, and lighted it with care. He had spent possibly twenty minutes or more in the smoking-room, idling over his newspaper, in comfortable repletion, and then had scribbled a note at the writing-desk. With the methodical air of one to whom life is an excuse for the preparations of systematic actions, he drew out a small notebook, and exacted a stamp. He affixed the stamp and made a note in the book. It read, Postage on letter to firm, two cents. The note was just beneath three others. Dinner, $3.45, tip, $0.25, cents. cigar, $0.25. Cents. He reached toward a button to summon the bellboy, and then changed his mind. It was almost possible to read his thoughts from his actions. He glanced out of the window nearby, and saw the last golden rays of the evening sun 
striking upon the street and passers-by. One who watched him would have guessed at his mental process so. I'll have a bellboy mail this. No, this is a beautiful day. A walk after dinner will do me good. I'll stroll out and mail it, or stroll out anyway. He tucked the envelope carefully in his pocket, rose, and sauntered out of the doorway. He moved slowly, carelessly, idling with the relish of a man who finds little time to idle. He was gone less than ten minutes, altogether. When he came back in the door and passed through the lobby, his expression had grown subtly more content. The ten minutes' exercise had shaken down his dinner. His cigar had proved all that the brand warranted, and he was at peace with the world. As he made his way to the elevator, he was even humming a little. Three, he commented as the car shot upward. By the way, is there a good show in town tonight? Yes, sir, I reckon so. They usually is. You might ask at the desk. The elevator door clanged open at the third floor, and he went out. The elevator boy saw him fitting a key into the lock of his room. He was still humming. The elevator door shut, and the cage dropped to the lobby floor again. Gosh, said the elevator boy to his confrere, the chief bellhop, dem traveling men show has it easy. They goes to de shows and just charges it in de expense accounts. You better tote out half a pint. This gentleman in three eighty looks like he might be interested. The chief bellhop rose. Bless God for prohibition, he commented piously. If it weren't for the law, us hotel help would have to live on our tips. He sauntered to a small private closet, and a little later stepped briskly up the stairs. It was certainly not more than two minutes from the time the elevator boy saw Craig unlock the door, humming a little, to the time the bellhop knocked softly. But where the elevator boy carried away an impression of carefree contentment and casual cheer, the bellhop straightened involuntarily when he heard a voice from within. Come in! The voice was a harsh croak a rasping gasp, metallic and inhuman. The bellhop pushed open the door cautiously and peered in. The room looked as if a whirlwind had struck it. Sheets, rugs, pillowcases were thrown helter-skelter about the place, and at the moment James Craig was on his knees before a suitcase. Where he had looked carefree and at peace with the world, he now looked ghastly. His face was pasty, chalky white. His eyes seemed to have sunken into his head, and they stared at the bellhop with a strange deadness. "'I have been robbed!' he croaked harshly. "'I've been robbed!' The bellhop ducked instinctively. "'Bless God!' he gasped. "'Do you mean it?' A choked sob burst from the throat of the chalky-faced man. I've been robbed, he repeated in a certain strange calm. Then he sobbed again. 
his whole body writhed with the sound my god eighty thousand dollars the bellhop jumped a foot in the air at the mention of that sum and departed swiftly the result of his flight was seen a moment later in a pale and worried desk clerk who came hurriedly into the room craig was moving dumbly about looking hopelessly here there everywhere you've you've been robbed sir eighty thousand dollars craig seems stunned by the calamity i'm ruined ruined eighty thousand dollars he sat down suddenly in a chair and stared before him with lackluster eyes the desk clerk alarmed as he was for the reputation of the house could not but feel sympathy for the man who had changed so absolutely in so few minutes his very lips were gray his eyes seemed to have retreated into his skull his voice was a pitiable parody of a living man's voice it was dead harsh lifeless carrying bonds from new orleans to new york he said dully nobody knew i had em can't sleep on trains and stopped over to have a night's rest i went out for dinner the bonds are gone i'll send for the police the desk clerk assured him we've a splendid detective force here if anybody can find them jameson can craig's fingers unclenched and he automatically began to look through the articles in his suitcase again in the utterly forlorn hope that he might yet be mistaken and might yet find the bonds eighty thousand dollars he said apathetically i'm ruined they'll suspect me even me of stealing them and nobody knew i had them he groaned nobody knew i had them the clerk slipped from the room and telephoned frantically while he gave orders that assured the continued presence of every one of the hotel employees and a careful note of every guest who left the place he would be able to give the police a list of every man who had slipped out and would be able to produce all the hotel help it was quick and efficient work but once it was done the desk clerk allowed himself to think sympathetically of the man in the room above he had seen Craig stroll into the elevator, pleasantly flushed by his dinner and walk. And now that chalk-white man with sunken eyes, croaking of ruin and disgrace. The desk clerk shook his head in genuine regret. 2. A rather shabby young man with a cigarette dangling from his mouth strode into the room without the formality of knocking. He nodded ungraciously to Craig. I'm Jameson, he said gloomily. Police headquarters. They sent me down to find out about this robbery. What's up? Craig, no more than a wreck of a debonair man of a half hour before, told his story, with his eyes glowing strangely from sunken sockets. Jameson listened from a comfortable chair gazing at the ceiling you went out he queried when craig had finished 
Why didn't you leave the bonds in the hotel safe? I should have, groaned Craig wretchedly. But no one knew I had them with me. Only the president of my firm and myself knew I had them. We thought that if I just went on up to New York quite casually, as if on an ordinary business trip, there'd be no suspicion of my having anything valuable with me. God, if I'd only known. How long were you gone? asked Jameson, fishing in his baggy pocket for tobacco and paper to roll another cigarette. I don't know, said Craig desperately. I finished my dinner, wrote a note, and went out to the street. I asked the way to the nearest mailbox and dropped my letter in. Then I came back, came up to my room, and the bonds were gone. I'm ruined. I'll be suspected of stealing them myself. Jameson yawned and rolled a cigarette with one hand, watching his own fingers with the absorbed attention of one who has but recently acquired the feat. Well, he said in a moment, after licking the paper, I guess we got a job ahead of us. What train did you come in on? I got in about 4.30. That's number 27, commented Jameson. You came to the hotel right away? Yes, I registered, washed up, and had my dinner. And? Bonds negotiable? queried Jameson uninterestedly. What issue and number? Craig told him. N, O, and W, four and a half S. Jameson yawned again. Twenty-nine, four, eight, seven, to twenty-nine, five, twenty-two. All right? Craig rose as Jameson stood up negligently. Craig looked like a wreck. His face was a sickly white. His eyes burned from cavernous depths. His lips were trembling a little. They've got to suspect me, he said desperately. Only one man beside myself knew I had those bonds. They're gone. Stolen. Man, you've got to clear me. Search me. Search the room. Put me under arrest. Do something. I'll put you under surveillance, said Jameson, if you like. He yawned. Just to prove to your firm you didn't hide out on them, I'll send a man up in a little while. I can give an account of every movement since I've been in the city, said Craig suddenly. Look here, I've got an account of all my expenditures. You can check me up. Here's my dinner, here's the tip, and the postage stamp on the letter to my firm. Here's... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. The magazine I bought. You can check up at the time on every one of them. You can trace my movements that way. Jameson glanced uninterestedly at the open page held by Craig's shaking hand. Don't get so excited, he said grouchily. Don't you know that if you had swiped the stuff, you'd have faked a book like that? He eyed the page for a minute and sat down again, as if a new chain of questioning had occurred to him. Say, do you often come through here? he inquired. Yes, on an average of once a month. Stop at this hotel? Yes, Craig began to look hopeful. Do you suppose someone of the help? How big a package were the bonds? There were eighty of them. They make quite a wad of paper. Make a man's pocket bulge out? Surely. The hotel clerk kept all the employees waiting, observed Jameson. Was your place much messed up when you got back? Practically like this. I left the bonds in my suitcase. When I opened the door, I saw the place was torn upside down. Everything thrown all about. You left your suitcase open? queried Jameson. They'd look in there first. The bonds were under a shirt, in the folds of a shirt. At first glance, they wouldn't have seemed to be there. Jameson puffed thoroughly for a moment. Ever use your firm's stationery here? Yes. Why? Just thinking, said Jameson. You see, if you dropped a letterhead in a wastebasket, whoever cleaned up the room might connect you up. Say, your firm is a bank. You come through here every so often. Suppose you leave a letterhead. Banks sometimes send currency from one place to another by messenger. A chambermaid or a bellhop might notice. Craig's face brightened. Jameson wore an air of innocent pride. You have to think of those things, he said modestly. I'll tell you. You go down and get the desk clerk and a cop. Tell the desk clerk to have the darkies that cleaned up his floor come in, one by one. Come back with the clerk and the cop. Craig obediently started for the door, hesitated, glanced back, then went out. Jameson allowed himself the luxury of a grunt when the door closed, and the expression of innocent pride vanished, utterly, from his features, leaving them somewhat bored and entirely disgusted. Sloppy work, he commented gloomily to himself. I wonder where he keeps his shaving soap. That's the answer, ten to one. He began to rummage in Craig's suitcase. 3. When Craig pushed open the door again with the room clerk and the policeman, Jameson was standing by the bureau, where there was a light. He seemed to be examining something in his hand. Craig looked vastly more hopeful, though his face was still a deadly white, and his eyes were sunken deeply into his head. This officer, he announced, saw me when I went out to mail the letter. Tell him about it, officer. I saw him mail the letter, sir, said the policeman. I was standing by the mailbox when he came up. 
He asked me for a light, sir, and lighted his cigar with it. It had gone out. Then he put his letter in the box. Twas a small letter, sir, in one of the hotel envelopes. Jameson nodded uninterestedly. Oh, all right, he said wearily. Nobody thought he mailed them away and then called for the police to find them. Say, he turned to the hotel clerk. When did you open up this part of the hotel? About six months ago. New help? queried Jameson. He sank into a chair and yawned. Partly, said the clerk. The chambermaid's been here a long time. The cleaner for this floor is Sam Whitehouse. You know him, I think. He's a pretty good negro. Been fined a couple of times for shooting craps, but that's all. Jameson sat up. Sam Whitehouse, he said, with more energy than he had displayed before. Why didn't you say so? Look here. He took an envelope from his pocket and scribbled a few words on the back, then handed it to the officer. You can attend to it better than anyone else, he commented. See to it, won't you? I'll wait here. He laid back in his chair and frowned at the clerk. I wish you hotel people wouldn't hire known criminals, he complained. They're always making trouble. If there's a smart darky in the city, it's that same Sam. He'd steal the brass plate off a coffin and get away with it. I guess we'll have him now, though. He rolled a cigarette and puffed gloomily on it, until the policeman returned. Got him, sir, and he had the bonds. A thick wad of them, sir. Craig sprang to his feet. What? He's got the bonds, said Jameson wearily. You see, I guessed right when I said you'd probably left a letterhead or something. He just waited for you to come back to town and went through your room. Craig's face was puzzled for an instant. Then he sat back into his seat and mopped his forehead, patting it with his handkerchief. Thank God, he gasped. Well, we're through, said Jameson. Not much of a case, this. You can get your bonds in the morning at the police station. He strolled out the door with the policeman and the room clerk. Craig watched the door close behind them and sprang to his feet in a noiseless bound. Good God, he muttered desperately. How? How? With a cat-like leap, he sprang to the cheap bureau in the room. With a jerk, he pulled out the empty drawer. He stared at it for an instant, and then brought it down with a crash upon his knees, splintering the bottom utterly. The real bottom of the drawer came out in fragments, and a layer of veneer that fitted neatly over it was twisted and wrecked as well. And tumbling out onto the floor were the eighty neatly engraved bonds, falling from their hiding place in the neatly contrived false bottom just where craig had placed them two hours before and yet i thought so said jameson's voice wearily it was a sloppy job there was an infinitely bright flash and the room was full of smoke four your mug now observed jameson i guess a flashlight picture will go well in court his ears were pink explained jameson his tone indicating the ultimate of boredom 
His ears were nice and pink. That gave him away. Craig was huddled in a chair in the police station. The big policeman stood guard beside him, and the desk sergeant listened sympathetically to Jameson's tale of woe. My God, said Jameson disgustedly, I haven't seen a really neat job in so long you'd think everybody with brains had turned honest. Look at him now. He passes through here once a month for six months or so, carrying stuff from New Orleans to New York and back. He was a regular at the hotel, and the clerk always gave him the same room, and he saw it had one of those cheap, made-by-the-million bureaus in it, and he set to work from there. He flung away his perpetual cigarette and grunted. He took some measurements from the inside and got a piece of veneer to fit the bottom of one of the drawers. Then, today, he climbed off the train, went to the hotel, took his bonds and laid them neat in the drawer, trimmed up the veneer to fit exactly, and glued it down on top of them. To look at it, it was a perfectly empty drawer, and nobody looks for secret compartments in hotel furniture, particularly of the made-by-the-million kind. He wandered downstairs, ate his dinner while the glue dried, smoked a cigar, and went back to his room and yelled bloody murder. He thought he'd get away with the story that his room had been robbed while he was out. The desk sergeant shook his head sympathetically. Tisk, tisk, he said commiseratingly. He had a good makeup on, commented Jameson morosely. He looked like the wrath of God. And he played his part pretty well. But he overdid it, of course. He showed me a notebook to check up his movements by, and he'd made an entry in it while there was still a bit of glue on his finger. The smudge told a lot, since I'd already made up my mind he was trying to steal for himself. Say, he addressed the prisoner, were you thinking maybe your firm would prosecute you for the theft and be unable to get a conviction for lack of evidence? The prisoner seemed to shrink a little further into himself, but did not reply. That was it, said Jameson gloomily. Once he'd been tried, you know, they couldn't have done a thing, no matter how much proof they got that he had recovered and was selling the bonds later. He gave himself away, you say, the desk sergeant asked. Dead away, admitted Jameson depressingly. I knew he'd done it the minute I first saw him, and if that wasn't enough, I sent him out to get a room clerk, and he stopped in the doorway to take a last look straight where he'd put the bonds. And the first place he looked when he came back was the same spot. It was a shame to pinch him. He was so innocent. But can you jug him? queried the desk sergeant. Jug him? I could hang him asserted Jameson, with the profoundest disgust. I got Murphy to frame a story that he'd found the bonds on a bellhop. And then Murphy... Me name's Orion, sir, interrupted the policeman. Then Orion sprang the plant, and we went out. Craig went straight to look at the bonds, and made sure they were safe. 
All I had to do was take Murph, Orion, out by the hand and wait two minutes, and then swing in the door and pull the flash pistol. I had Craig neatly mugged with the bonds in his hand. Could I jug him, you ask? You could, agreed the desk sergeant, but you keep saying all along that you knew he'd hidden out the bonds. How'd you know that? His ears were pink, said Jameson wearily. If you saw a man who'd just been robbed of a fortune, you'd expect him to look sort of pale, wouldn't you? I would that. This man was made up pretty good. His eyes looked sunken way back into his head, and he was pale to just the right extent. He'd made himself up with number one dead white that he carried in his shaving soap tube. But he'd left his ears pink, a nice healthy pink, and I had only to take one look to know what was up. "'Twas careless," said the desk sergeant. Careless? It was criminal. Johnson seemed to be mourning over the decay of crime. I haven't had a real good case in a coon's age. Crooks haven't got brains any more. And he shook his head with an almost abysmal gloom. The End of Pink Ears by Murray Linster